You are listening to the Fancy Free Podcast, where my guests and I tell our most embarrassing funny stories so that we all feel less alone in our imperfections and forge connection through vulnerability and humor. I'm Joanne Jarrett, and I am your host. And you guys, today, this is very exciting because if you are a Fancy Free regular, then you will remember when we mentioned today's guest on a previous episode because she is the author of Share Your Stuff, I'll Go First. And I had a previous guest who said, you have to read this book. So I obeyed that guest and I went right out and got the book and I loved every minute of it. And then I thought, what the heck? I'm just going to try to see if Laura will be on the show and she's here. So let me tell you a little bit about Laura Tremaine. She is an avid reader, sporadic writer, and enthusiastic podcaster. Laura grew up in a small town in southern Oklahoma and then moved to Los Angeles sight unseen when she was 22, so we know she's brave. Years of film and television production followed, and then in 2007, she married the director she met on her first movie set. For six years, Laura wrote regularly at Hollywood Housewife, a blog that opened doors of friendship and opportunity all over the world. Eventually, she closed the Hollywood Housewife blog and moved toward podcasting. She was a regular co-host on the girlfriend chat show, Sorta Awesome, and is the creator and host of the topic-driven Smartest Person in the Room. You can find her every week on her amazing podcast, 10 Things to Tell You, where every episode provides a prompt for you to take to your journal or text to a best friend or use to start a deeper, more meaningful conversation. Laura also sends out a monthly-ish email called The Secret Posts with personal thoughts and recommendations. She lives in LA with her husband, Jeff, and their two young children. And her very first book, Share Your Stuff, I'll Go First, 10 Questions to Take Your Friendships to the Next Level, just launched in February of 2021. And I think it's probably been a whirlwind. Laura, thank you so much for being with me today. Oh my goodness, I'm so happy to be here. I'm so glad that you reached out after you read the book. It makes me so happy. Oh, well, I was just thrilled when you emailed me back. I was like, oh my gosh, she said yes, she's going to be on here. Because now, of course, I feel like I know you since I read your book, right? And I've listened to many episodes of your podcast too and love it. Thank you so much. I love podcasting. I've been writing for a long time and social media is fun, but podcasting is the best. I agree. Fill in the blanks. What did I miss about who you are and what you do? I guess if I was going to fill in the blank, I would go back to blogging because that's where I started online after I did years and years of working in reality television in LA. I started basically what was a mommy blog. I didn't call it that at the time because it wasn't super parenthood driven, but that's really what it was, was a mommy blog. And a lot of it was trying to connect with other moms, even if we didn't talk so much about like our children, but just about that season in life. And so I wrote a blog for a really long time and I really loved it because I had originally moved to Los Angeles to become a writer, but then I'd gotten caught up in TV production because that's, Mm. you know, the industry here, that's where a lot of the jobs are. And when blogging was booming, this was like in, you know, 2010 and on, we forget now because it's been a decade, but it was like revolutionary to write something and then basically publish something and then have someone respond to the thing. And then you're in a conversation and this person's across the globe and you're connecting and learning from each other. Amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. That was pre-social media or or at least what social media is now. And so Mm -hmm. like, I think we forget how amazing that was. And it was so gratifying for me to 
want to be a writer, have no writing experience, but then it sort of instantly be writing for an audience. I mean, like only on the internet, right? (laughs) But it was such a good discipline. I wrote every weekday. So I was writing five times a week for years and years. Wow. And you learn like what resonates with an audience. You learn, you know, to be a better sentence writer, (laughs) like all the things. Mm -hmm. And when I moved to podcasting, which is really a whole different medium, but when I did that, Some of the things that did carry over from blogging to podcasting was this idea of sharing ourselves to pull us out of loneliness. Mm -hmm. Because when I had been blogging, like in those baby days, I had babies, I felt like I didn't have any friends. I mean, I didn't have any friends. I had hometown friends. I had longtime friends that did not live in LA, but I didn't have any local friends. I didn't have anyone to meet at the park. Mm. I didn't have anyone to call at 3 a.m., And it was just super lonely days and blogging, because the internet is up at all hours, right? Blogging really alleviated that loneliness. And so I started like really preaching the power of sharing. And you don't have to share on the internet. That's not my message if that's like not your jam. But but for me, that's what was working. And so the sharing part led to talking about that on my podcast, starting a whole podcast about sharing then writing a whole book about sharing. And so here we are. Yes. I feel like our philosophies are so adjacent. I walk into a room and I compare the exterior that I'm, you know, the exterior data that people are sending out to all my messy interior. And other people are doing that too. Well, it never occurs to me that I, I mean, I always think other people are more put together than I am, but it never (laughs) occurs to me that people might think I'm more put together than they are because it's like, I know the truth about myself. But why don't we just all flop the truth out there? And then we would all know. And then we'd be like, wait, she's all that. And she put two left shoes on this morning. God bless her. (laughs) I mean, it's way more complicated than some people have their stuff together and some people don't, right? The other thing I loved about blogging, and I got to the game kind of late, but I still really loved it, was I am an introvert and I love deep connection, but face-to-face social interaction, at least in a bigger group, kind of wears me out really, really fast. And so I love Mm -hmm. it, but then I have to go recover. Well, blogging and you know what, podcasting too, it's like connecting without interacting necessarily. It's almost like there's this degree of removal. Yes. But it also somehow lends itself to depth. I just love it so much. And it's just been a huge boon for my quality of life in just all aspects. Me too. And I am more comfortable behind the screen, actually. And I feel like people really judge that. Like there's all this stuff, you know, on the internet about like how face-to-face connection is better or if you're a different person behind the screen, meaning more comfortable or funnier or more relaxed or whatever than you are in person, Mm -hmm. that that's a bad thing. And I, I just don't think that. I agree. I don't want any of us to be disingenuous. Like, it's not like a phony thing. Yeah. Okay. I want to get to know you a little bit better with some rapid fire questions. What is the weirdest thing in your purse? (laughs) Well, (laughs) this answer would change from season to season, but right now it is some seriously dirty masks because don't we all have masks wadded up down in the bottom. Yes. (laughs) And listen, I've put those things on. Like if I'm in a pinch. What are you going to do? You're like, wait, let me turn this thing inside out. Believe me. (laughs) It's so gross. Okay. What's the worst job you ever had? 
I worked, oh God, I hate this job. I like thinking about it clinches my chest. I worked as, I mean, they called it alumni relations in college, but you know what it is, is actually robocalling people and asking them for money. Oh, painful. It was terrible. I'm clenching on your behalf. Okay. What is your home decorating style? Eclectic. Very. I love really crazy, like dramatic patterns. I have just insane wallpaper in my house, like with gorillas and flying lynxes and all this stuff. And I will put it on Instagram sometimes. And, you know, the reaction is decidedly mixed because some people are like, um, I can't believe (laughs) that's your house. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. That's awesome. My, a girlfriend and I were talking several years ago about how it is so strange because when you know somebody outside of their home and you kind of know their personal style as far as what they wear and how they fix their hair and their makeup and jewelry, you kind of project that you pretty much probably would know what their house would look like on the inside. And then you're always wrong. It's like our clothes and the outf- the way we dress ourselves and the way we dress our house, I think it doesn't have anything to do with each other. I, I want somebody to do a study on this. on this. I'm very curious. Wait, I no, I disagree. Well, for myself, I really? dress how yeah, I dress how my house looks. Like I dress I ha- always have something really dramatic on and oh. I mix patterns and I like really bold statement pieces and that's how my house is too. Okay. Have, but have you ever known somebody who was dressed to the nines all the time and you walk into their house and there's not like one single thing on the wall and you're like, "What happened here?" <laughs> I mean, that just surprises me or vice versa. I, I wonder about weird things, and that's one of them. But you are consistent. Are you an exception, or are you the rule? I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> and most people are probably like, and who cares, Joanne? I'm like, but I'm so curious and nosy. I just, we wonder these things. Okay. Well, as you know, the point of this podcast is to share our crazy, not-so-fancy stories so that our listeners feel less alone and we can demonstrate how it creates a connection to share these stories with each other. So what do you have for us today? Okay. Now, I don't know if I'm breaking the rules a little bit. There are Um, no rules, Laura. Make the rules. This is your episode. (laughs) Well, this story is not exactly relatable in that I feel certain this has never happened to anyone else, but it's such a (laughs) good story. Oh, goody. I told it super briefly, like just in like two sentences in my book. And I've never really gotten to share the whole thing. Yeah. So (laughs) I did blog about this a million, jillion years ago, but it's been a long time. This story in my history, when I'm telling it at cocktail parties or whatever, not that I bring this up at cocktail parties, but is (laughs) called the furniture in my yard story. Oh, yay. Because I was scratching my head when I read, you whizzed past that so fast in your book. And I was like, wait, excuse me. I have questions. <laughs> okay. Yay. It, it's super weird. So when I was in high school, I lived in a house. My parents still live there, actually. And there's sort of a big, long driveway with a big front yard, kind of slopes down. And then there's the house. I think I was a junior in high school. I could already drive. I came home from a play practice. I had play practice every, I guess, afternoon or evening or whatever. I came in for my play practice, I get a snack, and I walk by the front windows. And literally in the few minutes that it has taken me to get a snack and like walk through the house, there are two recliners, like puffy, lazy boy recliners, 
in the front yard. What? And they're like, like maybe five yards apart. They're kind of far apart, but they're facing each other in my parents' mm-hmm. front yard. And I'm like, what in the actual world? But I was like, were those there when I drove in? Like, I, how did I not notice those? Or did they just appear? What's happening here? And I was like, that is super weird. But you know, they're like big and heavy and you can't recliners are very hard to move by yourself. I mean, that takes a pair. You can't do it. There. My parents were also baffled. They were like, well, that was weird. But then we were gonna remove them, right? So the next day, I come home, same play practice, like same time of day, everything. Get my snack, puts around in the kitchen for a minute, walk back by the front windows, just like half paying attention. Look outside, you won't believe it. The two recliners still there facing each other. And now there's a couch. <laughs> so crazy. And I was like, what? I just happened to remember that it was spring in Oklahoma, really long days. So this was evening, but it was light outside. And I was like, this is actually scaring me because it has only been a few minutes. Like, when ha- when did somebody drop off a couch and I missed it? Like, I didn't hear anything. Were they hiding behind the house with the couch? How are they pulling this off? That's so crazy. So I was kind of spooked, actually, at that point. Yeah. So I call my high school boyfriend lived the next neighborhood over, and he got some of his friends, and they came over, and we moved the furniture back around to the side of the house. Like, they just helped me move it because – my thought was, well, we're going to have, or my, maybe my dad had mentioned this or something. Oh, we'll have like someone come and haul this away. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I will say it was like junky furniture. It was like old used furniture. Oh, okay. It wasn't high value items. <laughs> no, that looked like they'd come from like the dump or something. But I mean, they were, they were intact. They were what they were. <laughs> so we moved them around to the side of the house thinking, all right, well, on the weekend, we'll just have to haul these away or whatever. Truly, everyone was like, this is a really weird thing that's happening. Okay, fine. <laughs> Maybe that was like on a Wednesday. So let's say two days later, Friday, same thing. I come home from play practice. There must have been more time that passed. I don't remember the time frame of this, but lo and behold, if I didn't walk past those windows again, all the original furniture is back out where it was in the exact <laughs> same shape. Oh my gosh. And there was a big old... What was the last piece? Maybe a big TV, like a big old like box TV. What's happening is they're setting up piece by piece uh, like a living room situation. (laughs) (laughs) So crazy. So I get so scared. I mean, it really was freaking me out. Now, I'm a little bit of a nervous Nelly. So like I, you know, maybe scared isn't the emotion I was supposed to feel, but I called the police. Uh Uh-huh. I called an ex-boyfriend that lived in another town and was very accusatory. Like, I was trying to figure out, like, (laughs) what? Who would do this? You were sleuthing. Somebody is, like, playing a prank on me, but it's actually, like, legitimately scaring me. It it was, like, a whole thing. The same friends came. We moved them back. And then there might have been one other incident, but I don't for sure want to say if that was it. But anyway, this, this whole thing went on for a week or more. And it was always a mystery. I never knew. And I asked people at school, I whatever. Okay, so then cut to the conclusion of the story. I told that story. I wrote it out in a blog post literally like 11 years ago. I mean, like so long ago. I was trying to be funny, but I was also trying to be like, this is like a mystery in my life that was never solved. It was one of those things Mm -hmm. like, do you have things in your life where you're like, I never knew what happened in this weird situation? 
And John, Jonathan from Heavyweight won't return your calls, so you can't get him to figure <laughs> right? it out. Exactly. God, that would have been a great one. And I did not have a big readership. This is actually very early in my blogging days where mostly like the people that are reading you are like your hometown friends, which is exactly what Uh happened because someone came and wrote sort of anonymously as a comment on the blog post and told me who was doing it. You're kidding. Oh my gosh, you got the answer. Well, so I didn't totally get the answer. They sort of hint, they gave me a hint. They didn't like use names. I'm not going to use names now. But (laughs) I confirmed it. Like when they left this comment, I then confirmed it with somebody who would know. And I was shocked Uh because here's another twist. The person who was doing it was part of the group who was helping me move it. What? Criminal genius. Mm Mm-hmm. And that person never cracked. I mean, to tell you, never. Oh, my gosh. Like, never winked, never cracked a smile, which, I mean, is that pathological? Let's ask. I don't know. Those skills may not be consistent with normal psychology. (laughs) It it feels like a potential serial killer moment. (laughs) Yeah, it seems sociopathic. (laughs) I know. It really does. I have talked to my mom about it since we talked about it. And her impression, which, of course, as a grown-up, you're going to sort of feel differently about it. It was not as ominous to her as it was to me. Like, I was really freaked out by it. Just a practical joke. Yeah. In her mind, she was like, I think it was a practical joke. And when they realized that you were really – it was really scaring you, then they didn't want to, like, come forward. Like, then they were embarrassed or whatever and they stopped. It didn't have the desired effect, so I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Was it a male? And was it? do you think someone who had a secret crush on you? Not a crush. It was a male. But here's the thing. The other thing about – I grew up in a really small town. This is a very small town. And, you know, people – I don't even know how to explain this. If you're from small town culture, you'll know. Like you, people drive by people's houses. Not on purpose, but it's just like – in the week that this was oh, happening, uh, yeah. so many people were like, what's going on in your yard? You know, people notice when there's like strange furniture in the yard set up like a living room. <laughs> and so, you know, we did get comments. People would be like, what's happening in your yard on the daily? And we were basically like, well, mm-hmm. I, we have no idea. No, it's a mystery. <laughs> well, I think I would be like, now listen, I got to Facebook message this guy because I got questions. <laughs> How did he pull that off? Like he must have had a crew that was just ready at a moment's notice when you pulled your car up after play practice. They're like, okay, she's going to be inside getting her Oreos for 5.3 minutes before she walks past the living room windows and sees this out of the corner of her eye. Go! I mean, what? <laughs> Crazy. He had an accomplice is what I'm trying to say. I mean, probably. I've never directly talked to him about it. It's such a weird story. If I didn't have like witnesses and friends that saw it, because again, small town, yeah. like all the things, it would almost be like one of those weird, quirky, like Seinfeld or Arrested Development, like weird plot lines where you're like, this say, would never happen. If you saw it on a movie, you'd be like, come on, nobody could really pull that off. That's silly. Nobody's going to go through. That's a lot of work for one thing. I mean, you have to haul it. You have to move it. You have to, you have to procure it. <laughs> all the steps. <laughs> So weird. Oh, wow. I love it. Thank you for giving me more details about that story. (laughs) That's how your book was, though. I mean, you probably could write 10 books based on what your book was about. I felt like there were so many things that you scratched the surface of, which was kind of the point, I think, because you were trying to stay diverse and show how complex we are and show how, you know, we can share these things about each other. 
Tell my listeners just a little bit more. This, I think, would be a good point to tell them a little bit more about your book, why you wrote it, and what kind of response you've been getting from it. Okay, so the book came from my experience online when I was like doing podcasting, blogging, social media, realizing that that women mostly want to share themselves, but they don't know how. And Mm -hmm. the older that we get, the less we share ourselves because we, you know, we don't want to embarrass a boss or a spouse or a child. We shame the family name. (laughs) Right. Like, you know, I mean, we just, we, we see other people putting it all out there and we're like, oh my God, I would never be that way. And so we just Mm -hmm. get smaller and quieter because our friend group talks about how tacky it is that Sally shares all the time. And so we (laughs) stop sharing and we end up, unknown and unseen and lonely. And it's like a slow roll. You know, nobody plans for that. And so I was noticing with the people who followed my blog or social that if I gave them something to share, so I I run these social media challenges or I would do these things of like, okay, everybody post a selfie. Okay. Everybody post what they're reading, whatever. I would give them these prompts. This was before I started 10 Things to Tell You. People would do it. They loved an excuse like the permission basically to share Mm -hmm. some of these very mundane things. I'm not asking people to put their traumas out there. I'm asking them to just share little bits of their day or whatever. And they would never do it on their own. Like they would never Mm -hmm. in a million years just say, hey, everybody, I read this very interesting book. But if, if they were like, I'm participating in this challenge and we have to share what we're reading, so here's what I'm reading. There, all of their captions would be like that. Like I would read, I would scroll caption after caption of people being like, okay, I never would share a selfie normally, but here's a selfie. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, listen, I want to teach people how to share without so much apology, without overthinking it. And I I know we are Mm -hmm. overthinking it. I'm overthinking it too, but Like it is easier if someone tells you exactly what to post or exactly what to say, you know, I mean. Giving you a direction. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I created 10 Things to Tell You, which is a podcast that's weekly. And every week I ask a question and a prompt like this that you can either share on social media your answer or you can just use it as a journal prompt. You can use it as a conversation starter with your spouse, like whatever. That was so successful and fun. I loved it. Out of that, I decided to do the book. And the book is like the podcast in book form. So there are 10 chapters and each chapter asks a big life question. And some of them are, you know, on the lighter side, like who taught you how to be, who was there. And then some of them are deeper, like what broke you? Mm -hmm. When did it change? What are you afraid of? And so I try to do a mix. And in the book, I explain why I chose that question, why I think that question matters to our identity. And then and then I answer the question in essay form. Love it. It's so unique. I'm not sure I've had a unique thought my, in my whole life. <laughs> but, so I'm so, I'm really, really always so thrilled when I see something that's like, that's brand new. I think this person came up with a brand new concept. I'm loving it. Like with a plot line or with a book concept. I love it. And, and thank you for your words about it being a new concept. What I really wanted the book to be was interactive. Like books are one of the Mm -hmm. last Mm -hmm. entertainment things that we haven't made interactive. You know, there's no way to make a book interactive. And I was like, but we're used to that. We're really used to feedback and, you know, the internet, you can like or comment on anything. I wanted the book to be interactive in that same way. I think that's how our brains are working these days. And so when you're reading the book, it feels interactive, I think. 
Totally. Yeah, it does. It feels like it's a big, long conversation between me and you. Mm, Good. Not only does it feel like that, but it reminds me of 10 conversations that I want to have in my actual, you know, with people I know. Yes. So it's, yeah, it's wonderful. It's many layered and I love it. And for any of you guys who haven't read it, you've got to run out and get it. And if you want to join a contest where by you might be able to win a copy of it, then join my mailing list at fancyfreepodcast.com. Scroll all the way down to the bottom, put your first name and your email address in there. I promise I won't spam you. I'm like Laura. I send monthly-ish, but then I skip months. I never send more often than that. Newsletters just based on what's going on with the podcast, but I always, these days, will share a contest and the next one will be how to win a copy of Laura's books. So Go in there and join that, and I will give away a copy of Laura's book. I will buy it from an indie bookstore here in Missoula, Montana. Love that. Yeah, so fun. Okay, Laura, I have to hear just your real quick take on doggy fizzle televizzle. (laughs) 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 Things you never think you're going to hear coming out of your own mouth. Um, that was another sort of like drive-by bomb that I like just dropped in the book and then kept going. (laughs) So that was one of the reality TV production jobs that I worked on. I worked for MTV and VH1 for many years. And one of the projects was a very short-lived, like one season only show that Snoop Dogg did. It was like a kind of like a sketch comedy show and it was called Doggy Fizzle Televizzle. (laughs) I hadn't lived in LA very long and I was like, my life has really changed from this small town furniture in the yard, Oklahoma girl to now I live in Los Angeles and my voicemail says like, this is Laura from Doggy Fizzle Televizzle. Please leave a message. Wait, no, whatever. (laughs) And like, you have to say that with a straight face. You know, it's very funny. You have to remain professional while you're spewing out this very ridiculous phrase. (laughs) Yeah, it's so silly. Whimsical and wonderful. Yeah, it's fun. Whenever he like comes on the screen, Snoop Dogg or something like my husband always makes a joke like, there's your old boss. And (laughs) I didn't, it was a big production. I didn't have a ton of direct interaction with Snoop Dogg, but I did some and he was so nice. He was not, you know, diva-like or, you know, rude to people or anything like, and I, I was a low level, like I wasn't entry level, but I wasn't like an executive or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like I was, a, I was lower on the totem pole for sure. And he was just so nice to everyone, equally nice to everyone. Oh, and I thought, man. yeah, I felt like he has a, a reputation. I'm not trying to quibble with his reputation or even what he puts forth in his rapping years, but What I saw of him was very impressive, I thought. That's awesome. Wow. I am obsessed with crazy coincidences. Do you have a coincidence that you can think of that you think the audience would like to hear about? I can try if I could think of several, but here's one that's like sort of fresh because it happened in the last year. And I don't know if you want to call this a coincidence or if you want to call this like was this a spiritual happening? I'm unsure. It's like so weird. So later, much later in the pandemic, so over the winter, I did a socially distant like drinks in a friend's backyard. And this was one of the first times we had been social. You know, Los Angeles was in a very strict lockdown for months and months. Mm -hmm. And we hadn't had restaurants. We hadn't had any way to sort of safely gather unless we were like in one another's backyard. So I was meeting three other mom friends like for drinks at at not my house, at someone else's house. And we're in the backyard and it was night. 
And out of the complete clear blue sky, a praying mantis, I mean a big praying mantis, landed on my shoulder. First of all, I have seen praying mantises in life, but it's rare. And that's usually they're on a tree or something. I don't know. You know, Mm -hmm. they do not land on you like bugs. Okay. So it lands on my shoulder and my friends are like, oh my God. And so we kind of shoo it away. And we're going, that's weird. But then we kind of shoo it away because I do not want this thing on my shoulder. I'm sitting there cross-legged in like a lounge chair. A few minutes later, that dad come thing comes back and lands on my knee and looks right up at me. I took a video of it. I have absolute proof of this. Looks right up at me and starts dancing. If you Google it, like praying mantises do this weird wiggle dance thing. And he wouldn't leave. And he's, he probably stayed on my knee for three or four minutes. I didn't shoo it off. I was like, I, this is, I don't know what's happening. This is actually, this is not the coincidence part of the story, by the way. So it wiggles at me, stays on my knee for a while. And I'm like, that is, this is really unusual situation. (laughs) So then it flies away or jumps away or whatever it is. And we kind of laughed about it. And like somebody like Googled praying mantis spirit animal. I mean, like, you know, we were like, that was, I mean, it was notably strange. Okay. So it might mean something. Yeah. Right. Like this is something meaningful happening here. Okay. (laughs) The next morning, literally the next morning. So like 12 hours later, I get in the shower. I'm taking a shower. Um, I might be slightly hungover because it was a a really nice mom's night out. And Mm -hmm. I crawl out of the shower and like a vanity mirror is you know, directly across from when I get out of the shower and in the mirror, I see that on the wall above my shower door is a big praying mantis. What? And I was like, inside my house, I've never seen a praying mantis in my house. I've only ever seen a praying mantis like once or twice ever in my life. And I was like, like you were having a praying mantis infestation. We would have all heard about that. (laughs) No, I Googled that. Like I was like Los Angeles praying mantis. I was like, what if there's, is there a thing happening that I don't know about? (laughs) No. And I live in a completely different part of town. I mean, I live 20 minutes from this backyard that I'd been in the night before. Weird. And I was like, I mean, did it come home with me? Is it, it, The it, next it, question is, did it hit your ride in my yeah. purse? <laughs> Maybe that's the weirdest thing in your purse. <laughs> oh, my God. Praying madness transport. <laughs> Isn't that the weirdest story? That's crazy. I was like, I still don't know. Like, I kind of tried to stay alert that week as if it was a horoscope or something. Like I was trying to be like, is this like a sign that something's going to happen? Like, what is this? Mm -hmm. No, nothing happened. Nothing. (laughs) It just just is. So what do you do when you have a praying mantis inside your bathroom? I left it. I did nothing. No, I I called my husband and I was like, look at this. And I had not told him the thing that happened that before. And as I'm reflecting upon the stories I have told in this episode, they are strange. (laughs) (laughs) I think there might be messages from somewhere trying to get through to you. (laughs) They're like, okay, she didn't get the message when we left the furniture in her yard. Maybe the praying mantis will get through to her. (laughs) It's so weird. Oh, that's so crazy. Oh my gosh, I love it. Uh, All right, well, tell my listeners all of the places where they can find you online and in bookstores. Okay, my very favorite place to be online is on Instagram where I'm at Laura.Tremaine. I also do my weekly podcast called 10 Things to Tell You. I would love it if anyone would come listen to that if they're so inclined. You can find show notes or any information on that at 10thingstotellyou.com. That's the number 10, things to tell you, 
com And my book, Share Your Stuff, I'll Go First, it is in bookstores. It's linked on that website, 10 Things to Tell You. It's on Amazon, bookshop.org, all the places. So yay. Yes. I think that if anyone out there is thinking about starting a book club, this would be a perfect one to start with. And I'll, I'll tell you what my form of a book club is right now. When, when we were living in Reno, we moved here three years ago. My mom and I had a neighborhood book club and we had like anywhere from five to 10 women coming and it was really fun. We did it for 13 years or something, but we don't have one here in Montana and that's okay. But one of my best girlfriends in Reno and I read a book a month together and then we do a Zoom call and we talk about all of our things going on in our lives and we talk about the book. So there are lots of different ways to have a book club and you're going to want to talk to somebody about this book once you read it. So plan on that. (laughs) Yes. It's great as a buddy read, I feel like for sure. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Oh my gosh, Laura, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for taking your time out today and chatting with me on Fancy Free. I loved this. Thank you for enduring my very strange stories today. (laughs) I loved them. I'm going to be scratching my head all day. (laughs) Okay, you guys, I love Laura Tremaine. If you haven't read her book, hurry, go out and get her book. And if you would like to receive her book as a prize, join the Fancy Free Podcast email newsletter tribe by going to fancyfreepodcast.com, scrolling all the way down to the bottom and giving me your first name and your email address. It's not much of an email inbox burden because I don't email very often, but I do send out good prizes. Make sure to check out the show notes for today's episode at fancyfreepodcast.com slash episode 118 so that you can find all the links that we mentioned in our chat. I still owe you guys a Carol Miller bonus episode, and I promise that'll be coming at some point. Make sure to come back next week. We have an amazing, wonderful, delightful, such fun guest, Dana Mary, and she is adorable. You guys are going to love her. Okay, things are happening at Shelfie Shop. We have a ton of summer inventory and... We are almost ready to manufacture the cozy stuff fall winter. So go to shelfyshop.com, use the coupon code fancy free for free shipping, and start your shelfie wardrobe. I am telling you guys, my niece visited a little while ago and we just we did a photo shoot actually, and the new shelfie shop photos will be up very soon. But I gave her the stuff that she modeled and she is so funny. She says she thinks she's basically gonna live in this stuff. And I had another another shelfie shop fan recently email me and say, My shelfies are in the wash. What am I gonna wear now? So my answer to that is you better get some more shelfies. <laughs> Okay, have a wonderful week and remember, no one is as fancy as they look.